so many things that we could talk about this week. There are actually. Many of them technology related. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we made the show. <laughs> Let me ask you this where do you store your passwords uh <laughs> well where will you be storing that's, your passwords? that's in transition i thought possibly i don't well, know i just we'll want to see. mention as we dive in here that i made a whole list of topics and i have no idea what my first topic is i don't know what i mean by it so i'm going to keep thinking about it i, I was only a very briefly a one password customer years ago and uh, i rely on the uh, mac os keychain and safari yeah. password syncing across my devices so uh yeah uh, i am not affected by the one password news but dan mm. why don't you catch us up explain for listener tracy what uh what's happening oh, right. oh we have a smart okay hi listener right. so tracy was it tracy yeah okay hi listener tracy so the deal is that uh one password has decided agile bits is the i believe the developer has decided to transition um it's doing a beta of its new version one password eight which is built on top of electron which has lots of people ruffled because they don't like electron it's apps been a while i what <laughs> I said it's beta while. It was good. Trust me. Oh, my good. God. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure. I ran back the entire sentence in my head. I was like, I don't think I said the words. But we've gone to the point where it's like, it's just got to remotely just, sound like jam it. jam it into something. <laughs> yeah, something. God, play the hits. <laughs> uh, so they've transitioned to an Electron app for many reasons they discussed in a blog post. Basically because they are trying to market themselves more cross-platform. And they got a lot of uh, VC money to basically, you know grow their business yeah this has a lot of people uh upset they get that vc money you know the electron thing i feel like it's a easy thing to to bash and there yeah. are there are downsides to it i don't think that's necessarily i i don't get as bent out of shape as some people do about that if the app still works and it works well it doesn't really matter what it's written upon yeah but I think the bigger issue that some people are concerned about is just sort of the you know a company that basically was a Mac first company for a long time, not a Mac only company, right? Mm-hmm. And they sort yeah. of have are now like, well, now we're going cross platform, uh, and that bumps some people out. Also, for me, it's the switch to a straight up subscription plan. They sort of had a hybrid model with One Password Seven, but I always had a hard time trying to figure out why I should upgrade, and so I never did. So I'm still an old version of One Password that I just use for like, I like it for its non password features as well. Like you can store secure notes. You can store application licenses, like you can store more types of stuff than the keychain lets you. So I use that for a lot of those features, and I feel like it still works. So I'm probably just not, <laughs> this is probably not going to affect me at all. I'm just going to keep using keychain for my passwords and the old version of one password for all my other shit. Yeah. So that's a story about how I, I win. have been slowly. I have been slowly transitioning to keychain anyway, mostly because Apple has been adding more features to it, and, and it works better. Um, <laughs> and it works better than it used to, and. I I am both turned on for a long time, and that was really confusing. <laughs> was it by flirting a lot? And so I decided to pick one. And but, I picked. Uh, the biggest issue I have with Keychain is that it doesn't work great in other non-Apple apps, which I occasionally right. need to log in with like something into Chrome as like my backup browser. Yeah. Right. So then you got to open up Keychain and copy and paste. And it's annoying. Keychain is a shitty app. We can all agree Keychain is a shitty app. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I don't use the app. So what do I care? I agree with you kind of, Dan, that on the Electron app side, like it depends on the implementation and they released a beta. Like I, I feel like if you're sad or miffed because a once Mac focused company is now looking at more platforms, like, okay, that's, that's your choice. You can be sad or miffed about that. But like they didn't say we're giving up on the Mac or right. anything else. Right. And yeah. 
I even thought that some of the write-ups I saw misrepresented what the world looks like because they were like, oh, you know, I guess people have to focus on Windows because it's the dominant system. I don't really think that that's the case so much anymore. There's a whole lot of Macs out there. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that if they just said, hey, by the way, as of today, we're an Electron app, that'd be a choice. Instead, they said, we're going to do this beta and like take a look and let us know your feedback. So maybe they can make it not shitty. I don't know. Like it's not an app that you're in all the time, right? You save your passwords and then you just need to autofill in your browser. Like if there is a thing that Electron apps could be great at, it seems like this is the one. Yeah. It doesn't need your processor to be killing. It's not an app that I spend a huge amount of time in. I mean, it's a a vital thing for getting in and out when you need it, but it's not something that I'm I mainly use like the main I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be assaulted if the, (laughs) if the interface is like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Slack is Electron. I'm in Slack all the time. Yeah, exactly. And that bothers me a bit. <laughs> you bother me in Slack quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's what True. I'm there for. <laughs> but I think that the, you know, I, I don't ma- mind so much about the technology it was created in. I think one of the, the theories I've been reading about is like they, and I think maybe they said this, they tried to develop it in Swift UI and it wasn't there yet. Or I can't remember if they said that or that was just the scuttlebutt. And essentially it's like, you know, uh, again, like Lex, like you said, they're trying to move to other platforms and they're trying to not have to make the same app four different times, which I can't blame them for, right? Like It's totally yeah. fair, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, right. It's the same reason why Apple, I think, needed to do what it's done in terms of making it easier for developers to port apps between its platforms, Apple's owned platforms. Yeah. Like, people don't want to have to do stuff all over again. <laughs> right, I, yeah. I don't know. I think that uh, everybody's acting fine, right? People can complain about it. <laughs> Actual can do whatever the hell it wants. And if you don't like it and you're their customer, now you get to find a new solution. So congrats. You get to explore yeah. a new software. Everybody wins. <laughs> I, I tried one pass before. It wasn't for me. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. It's interesting to me that Apple will make stuff for Windows, right? Like here's iCloud, whatever for Windows, but won't make like, here's a fucking plugin so that you can use your Apple stored passwords in Chrome. <laughs> that's, it's funny to me that that's a bridge too far. Right. That exists on Windows, though. Yeah. yeah. But not on the Mac for Chrome, which is, yeah, it feels petty, <laughs> I think is the right word, but also I very, very Apple-like. <laughs> yeah. So, Lex, what else you got on that list of topics here? I finally figured out all the things on my list mean. So, Dan, how come you haven't yet joined me in Molson Glass? <laughs> oh, yeah. We can, I, we can hook you up. Okay. I search for your name every damn day. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a... I, I didn't sign up for it. I didn't... Wasn't it like a closed beta or something? Or is it now Well, open? I mean, it's... It, there's a waiting list, I think, but it oh. took a day and then I was off the waiting list. Yeah, all right. Fine. Right. But Glass is a, a new app that's supposed to be Instagram without the shittiness of being owned by Facebook. I think that's the right analysis. Do I have that right, Molt? Something like that, yeah. It looks like, Molt, you've been no. a, a beta tester for a while. Incorrect. For no, a while. Okay. It looked like you. It looked like you'd been on like, for a little. It, 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 unless you mean like a day more than you. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, and, so, what do you think of the app, John? That's my first question. Um, I like the app quite a bit. It seems like it's a, it's designed to, or targeted a bit more toward uh, you know photographers and photography photographers. appreciation. Yes. And it's like people are definitely trying to put their best photos forward on this one. Yeah. What's interesting the so, to me The is, social aspects of it are tuned down a little bit. There are no yeah. likes. Um, I think almost it's too, mostly targeted too towards. Yeah, maybe. I think, I think I, well, I mean, it's what they want right. and I appreciate that. So I, I miss likes for sure, but I can handle that. What I don't love is that like, I have to tap into each photo to know who took it. Now I do get to play a little it. bit of a game of like, mm, I bet that's Ben. <laughs> I bet that's <laughs> Jeff. And I'm right a decent percentage of the time, but it's weird. Like just put a fucking username. on. <laughs> I just want to know whose photo it is before tapping in. Cause it means that the interface that's supposed to be like super chromeless and elegant. Now I have to tap on everything to understand what the hell I'm looking at. I tapped on my own photo. Cause I forgot it was mine. 
Wow, that's a feature. <laughs> yeah. I I know I've only been using it a little while compared to you guys, but I just want to say that the uh, weightless screen, it's very nicely designed. <laughs> uh, I am 3,832 in line. So, uh, took, I was 4,000 in and then it showed up a day later. I think we can send you an invite. Okay. Oh, right. Molt says we can send you an invite. Right. I don't even know how to do that. Yeah. I think uh, Molt's can send you If I can find them, I have okay. them someplace. I but I... I haven't decided yet if it's an app that I want to pay for because it is a, a subscription. And I think that right now they're doing a sale where you pay like 20 bucks a year or something like that, 30 bucks a year. And I don't know if I like it. Like to me, it's like during my one week trial, will all the people I care about sign up or not? And then there's also a, a, a slight, not sadness to me, but I do like seeing my friends' photos of themselves and their families on Instagram. And people aren't doing that on Glass. They're just showing their awesome photos. And so it's yeah, like, right. it's cool, but like, I don't know if it's if it's I don't know if it's something that I want to pay for, but the app is nice. I do I do need to be able to see usernames a little bit easier. That's I'm gonna put that out there. But I was just curious if Dan was gonna join and how Multiple's liking it. Would you say it's more of a Mastodon or an app.net? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. It's neither of those. Okay. It's neither of those. It's it's neither because they're not trying to um like change how people use apps. <laughs> and it's <laughs> better designed. <laughs> also true. <laughs> I have more on my list. Yeah, go for it. But because we've got two different advertisers today, I want to to mention one of them, which is privacy. This episode of The Rebound is brought to you by privacy.com. I don't know if any of you, uh, my dear co-hosts, have ever been worried about your financial privacy online. I know I get nervous like if I'm ever on public Wi-Fi and I have to log into a bank account or something. I don't like that. What about you, Molt? All the time. Yeah. I mean, I I basically, I drove across the country twice this summer and was... made sure that i did not do that every place that i went <laughs> you just carried large bundles of cash with you i understand I just, yes right <laughs> and i would just throw it at people privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure by generating virtual numbers privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online listen there's times when you have to hand over your credit card somewhere where you don't know what you're doing you're typing in your number and it's a website where you're like 80% sure it's a legit website and 20% sure you're not. So being able to have a, a disposable card number, a, a temporary card number, uh, can give you a little bit of assurance. So take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. And you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you're never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can set spend limits, create single-use, or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com slash rebound and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. That's just basically free money. Go to privacy.com slash rebound and sign up now. Our thanks to privacy for their support of this show and mike and steven they're good guys <laughs> i guess i don't know they may have taken away those um those codes in glass i can't oh. find them so, oh i guess were, i'm out of luck were, i'm out of luck they were yeah you just so, have to wait dan so i uh here's my next topic for you guys i okay. was i was searching the rebound archives and oh, i no. couldn't find if we ever talked about uh, an app a game for ios called little alchemy did this ever come up I have no recollection of no, it. That does not sound familiar. It's not a but, new app, but, but uh, you know. I heard of it from a friend in person. Many people in my family 
are already addicted. So I'm just going to – basically, I'm doing early picks. But I, I just – it seemed like such a good app that I couldn't believe it had never come up that you guys hadn't heard of it. But, like, I hadn't heard of it. But Little Alchemy, it's a free game. It's very simple. You start with four elements. You start combining them. And there's also a sequel that I haven't tried yet, Little Alchemy 2. I want to beat the first one first. But you just uh, – you're combining elements, and that's it. Uh, I think you can even play it in a web browser if you want. All right. But uh, I like the iOS app, and it's fantastic. I I give it my my highest endorsement. (laughs) I have created all kinds of things. I mean, I I know why I I sign on to this podcast in a web browser, but why would I play a game in a web browser? Yeah, no, that seems dumb. But um, it's it's really, it's hilarious and funny and very, very clever. I can't believe how big it is. I have discovered 380 items out of the 580 in the first version of the app. So there you go. Oh, man. I'm just making stuff left and right now. I mean, Steam. I've, I've lost the other guys for the rest of the show. Yep. Sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm still in glass. Yeah. <laughs> still trying to find those codes. <laughs> I know you got a list of topics, uh, Lex, but I want to hit you with something a little timely, if that's okay. No, please. Because uh, no. as we record no. this on Tuesday, uh, there's I been. I love that. I, I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> stop! Stop interrupting me. Uh, I, <laughs> no, go on, please. You know, let yeah, me yeah, let me tell, let let me tell you what I'm doing. Uh, Apple released a new iOS beta. The developer beta what? is yeah. I know this is a thing that happens every once in a while. I like to do it once in a while. Anyways, Safari's interface has been changed again. <laughs> yeah. So they've built it basically into what everybody was kind of arguing all along, which was like let's just make it a toolbar at the bottom. And there is an option that lets you just go back to the old interface, <laughs> which feels very much like throwing your hands up and seating yeah. <laughs> any competition. Fine, have the stupid old interface. <laughs> yeah, to go back to your go back to your edges bar in yeah. the top. See if we care. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I feel like it's interesting. I'm curious to know how many people will stick with. Did you say the clearious? Clearious. You definitely said clearious. Yeah. I'm clearly curious. Clearious. It's a word. Look it up. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's a word. I can't prove it. Dumbass. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> I literally can. Well, I mean, English is wonderful in that you can just anyway. make new words all the time, just left and right. <laughs> Dan's nickname growing up was Clearius George. Actually, it was <laughs> Beverly Clearius. <laughs> Man. It's Safari, it's anyways. Clearly been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly been a while. Um... <laughs> So I, yeah, I, it's it's it is remarkable the journey that uh, Safari has taken in this beta, isn't it? Yeah, uh, they really went from we've got this brand new system and it's amazing, you're all gonna love it, to okay, you yeah, all hate too. it, we get it. <laughs> right, right. We're just gonna roll that back and pretend it never happened. Yeah. So I, but I mean, you still got to turn the option on. I feel like that's like the the yeah. man. I mean, you remember all the times we used to argue, like, just make it an option, and people would argue, like, oh, you don't want to just make it an option, because that, like, it's too wishy-washy, and it implies you don't have a strong sense of the design, and, like, Apple, they did it for this, and they did it on the iPad, where you have the option to go between the integrated tab bar, and then the, put the, basically, again, put it back to the old style, (laughs) so, somebody was pushing this idea very hard, and yeah. it feels like they lost, but also in order to save face, they're like, well, it's fine. Let's just make it an option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. my question it, is now, does it stay as right. an option or do they just give up before the end of the betas and be like, oh, okay, it's different now. <laughs> it's it's more like it used to be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the question is, what's the default, right? Like when somebody goes to install this in September, are they, there's no way they make the default 
the old style and would you like to turn on the new style because literally no one will ever do it <laughs> but there's going to be a million seo articles like the week that iowa's 15 ships like here's how to get safari back to the way you used to like it <laughs> and i'm going to be on top of that <laughs> that's my goal dan's already dan's, written dan's writing it as we speak <laughs> I, it's very easy i'm sure several other people have already written that article several people are yeah. writing this article <laughs> <laughs> several people are typing yeah that, that was the joke i got it <laughs> <laughs> the i'm going home now you are home well that's exciting have you installed the beta already dan or have you just read about the beta it's still the developer it's one. the dev beta so i have the dev beta yeah. on my ipad which does not obviously for obvious reasons does not have that feature although now i'm wondering if i put it in slide over on the ipad does it look like i assume it looks like the new version i'm gonna have to test it right now but i don't have the the public beta of the iphone one is not out yeah if you do slide over on the ipad it just puts the the address bar at the top in this beta mm -hmm. so that feels very much like a uh, whatever but it does still hide like all the uh controls behind a little three dot button which is annoying that is something else so the new version also has like a toolbar again basically so they put like back hey. and forward and share and bookmarks and stuff at the bottom as well which again i just want to say <laughs> there's I'm a proud strong because nobody called any co-host a toolbar so you, you said it and we all just let it go so there you go <laughs> is that gonna happen was that a risk I think there was a, a, a greater than ten percent chance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm Anyways, about it still. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess we're everything's back to the way it was. So <laughs> right, right, and everything wrapped up nicely. Uh, yeah, we'll say motive. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a uh, Law and Order episode where we caught the bad guys at the end. <laughs> everything resets for next week. <laughs> so without without going deep on spoilers, I wanted to ask you guys: How did you feel about the Christmas episode of Ted Lasso? <laughs> Oh, okay. I was wondering if we were going to talk about that. I feel like it's our job right now. I I found it... Mm, I still enjoyed it. I found it to be probably the weakest episode of the whole show. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I would, I would, so. I, I'm right there with you. I think the weird thing about it is that it seems a very, very Christmassy episode, obviously, um, because it's a Christmas episode, but it's a very, very Christmassy episode. It's not just one that takes place during Christmas. And it seemed like the kind of thing that would have landed better if it had aired around Christmas. Yeah. So that part um, but, didn't bother me um, since it's streaming and all those things. It's just, it felt to me, something felt off about it the entire time where it was like disconnected from the rest. And then when you read about, I, th I can't, I think it was one of you guys who shared the link, but it turns out it was, or maybe somebody in the rebounds, yeah. like, it turned out it was an episode that they tacked on. Like when they went from 10 to 12 episodes for the yep. season, they're like, Let's have one that doesn't continue any of our overarching plot lines. Well, and because we'll just have this thing. you can't put it. So first of all, a couple things. One, you can't put it like they just shoved it in. Right. And they can't like add stuff that has to do with the plot lines when they've already broken the series. Two, 100%. it is weird. I think that they the, the airing thing, as John points out, is a little strange because one feels like if they had held just this episode and released it as the Ted Lasso Christmas special on Christmas, I think mm -hmm. everyone would have been like, oh that's cool. Like a Ted Lasso Christmas special. And I don't right. think people would have gotten, as you said, I don't think people would have gotten as bent out of shape about it. It is a little odd that they stuck it right in the middle, but I think they judged that maybe this is where it, a, this is potentially where it needed to fall in the chronology of the season and B, they just decided it would cause the less, the least disruption here. I think this is what it is for me is that I, I, I love Ted Lasso, the human and he feels believably nice right like he lives in a world a universe where i could believe that he could be this way and we talked in some other episodes already about how like when he was 
uh, led Tasso that maybe that felt a little bit more detached from reality. But he's always felt based in reality. And this episode felt not based in reality with one yeah. spoiler, like the existence yeah. of Santa Claus at the end of the episode. Like it right. didn't work for me. It did the opposite of working no. for me. It took me out of it. I didn't like it. It made me I mad. Agree. I agree with that. Hmm. Uh, it didn't bother me as much that I Santa felt like... Santa angered me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> I have a lot of comments I could make, but I'm not going to make. We're good friends. I feel like I can I'm say Jewish, them, but yeah, fine. there we go. <laughs> I mean, so am I, partially. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. That part didn't bother me as much because I felt like it was seen through the eyes of a kid and, you know, whatever. You can you don't have to treat it as a literal fact. It's a TV show. Yeah, but I think, well, I, I don't want to go you wanna, do you want, No, because, no, John, let because, us debate the existence of Santa Claus in the <laughs> no, Ted Lasso no, universe, like, please. I think the thing that's nice about the show is it feels like, okay, you know, I mean, particularly when it aired last year, when things, you know, everything Sucked. seems so super awful. Not that everything. Not like now you know, when it's great. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not like everything is, per, is all great right now, but it was... It was set in this universe, the, you know, the universe that we live in, and it's like good things can happen, people can be nice to each other, and kindness can triumph. And putting Santa Claus at the end of that thing is like, <laughs> nope, it's not set in this universe at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, Danny Rojas killed a dog with a soccer ball in this first season, first episode of the season. So <laughs> See, I'm not sure could, how close we are happen. to this universe, anyways. That could happen. It. Could, but it's extremely unlikely. Well, yeah, many of the things are, that happen. Are Speaking of things that are extremely unlikely, you know yeah. what I would never be caught dead in? Mm. A suit that isn't made to fit my body. I feel confident with looks I put together. For example, at Dan Warren's wedding. Other times I've worn my custom made to measure suits from Indochina, which of course is what this spot is about. Uh, multiple times at industry events in the podcasting industry, I've gotten on stage in Indochina suits. I often do it with a uh, without a button up shirt underneath them i do it just with the t-shirt i'm a suit and t-shirt guy what i can't can't, what can i tell you so i am but the right outfit my point is the right outfit can make you feel great and with indochino creating your best look yet could be more affordable than you think and hey i can't believe this is what the copy says but it does it amazes me every time but hey maybe it's been a while since the last time you had an excuse to dress up (laughs) but whenever that next chance is make the absolute most of it with indochino uh i I have told you many times on this very show about how i uh, personalize a suit uh for my oldest bat mitzvah i've got a new bat mitzvah coming up for uh my uh my daughter sierra and she agreed that the suit that I already have with its purple lining um, and it's a dark gray suit, she said that one can still work for her bat mitzvah too. So I'm, I'm going with that and I'm excited because I know that I will look good. It's a suit that fits my body perfectly. Indochino offers completely custom fitted shirts, suits, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Choose everything about your suit from the same with me now, the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part, Indochino's suits start at just $399 with every single customization included. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. Right now you can get $50 off any purchase of $3.99 or more by using the code REBOUND at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code REBOUND. And if you type in, it's been a while, one lucky customer gets a million dollars. That's not true. Our thanks to Indochino (laughs) for their support of this show. It's Indochino.com, promo code REBOUND. That'd be pretty funny, though. <laughs> I, I do want to rewind to the Ted Lasso conversation for a second. You thought <laughs> oh, you could get boy. us away. You thought Here you no. I, I want to talk about the whole season because I feel like people have been very down on this season. I don't quite get it. I loved the season premiere. I, I've enjoyed I, it I all think so the rest far. Of the season. I think the rest of the season's been solid. Yeah, yeah. I, I've enjoyed the entire thing so far. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. So Dan is to Ted Lasso as Moltis to Apple. 
it can do no wrong in your life. Well, I don't think it can do no wrong, but I think I, I think I've enjoyed even when things that I don't that think I would, that either. <laughs> I mean, I'm not as multi as what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but I don't know. I I think the good has mostly still outweighed the bad on the show. Like yeah, even the things no, I'm dinging for, I think it's still overall a success. So I I just I guess I don't get the people who are like it's sappy and saccharine the whole thing, and I'm like. Yeah, did you not watch the show last year? Like, <laughs> I, I think that the show is still great, and I loathe the. Um, I know we don't all agree on this either, but I, I loathe the idea of releasing a show weekly when they have it all and they could just binge it the way other streaming services do. So I, I don't like that part. But when it comes out, I try to watch it same day because I'm that excited about it. So like, I'm still a fan of the show, but it, it does feel like it moved from sweet to schmaltzier or saccharine or something like it, it it evolved and this is what happens in a show second season right like they they're like all right let's lean on what worked and let's do a little bit more and like i wish they was that let's lean on what worked and just do a little bit more of the same and that, that's hard i get it they, they're faced with an impossible challenge the point is also that they made the transition the first season was about transitioning to you know getting people to sort of buy into the ted lasso philosophy right and having accomplished that that drop nice that conflict was resolved is my point so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order to deal with that you have to sort of rewind and the other alternative feels like go back and like reset everything to where it, where it was and have to go through the same beats again to get to the same place and that also feels crappy for different reasons <laughs> so uh, it is an unenviable task to follow up on a, a season that was seemed to be so universally beloved but I don't think that they've done a bad job at it. And I think, again, like you said, Lex, I, I like the weekly drop, but I can also imagine that when you watch this later as a binge, the arc may look very different if you watch all of these in one go, as opposed to getting them parceled out week by week. Yeah. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, we do have some uh, Rebound Prime listener questions. <laughs> one of them is very long, so I'm going to hold that one. Chris, if I don't get to it today, it's because, you know, the show is only... I don't know, 50 minutes. But uh, our old friend... He has now on the show. It's fine. Our our old friend TJ writes, what's an online purchase that you made that still makes you happier than you expected? Another way to think of it, what would be the online purchase that would make you most sad if you suddenly awoke in a parallel universe where it does not exist? (laughs) What? (laughs) TJ, (laughs) do we we need to send help? (laughs) A purchase I I bought online that I liked more than I expected. Because like I expected to like my iPad exactly as much as I liked it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, the kitty litter that we use. I like it more than I expected. Uh, we use a brand called Skoon, S-K-O-O-N, and it is insanely good. I can't believe how good it is. A friend recommended it, and I was like, how good could it be? It's that good. If you have cats, holy shit, so to speak. It's good. <laughs> holy shit. That's yeah. fine. Man. Yeah, this is a tough question. I don't really think about like all of my online purchases and whether I'm using I'm looking around at my desk. Surely there's t- something on this desk. All of the fabulous t-shirts that I make and sell on Cotton Pure. Um, <laughs> wow. I don't know. I mean, I so, you know, Dan and I, we, we have the same mug, right? We have the same Star Trek mug that I had. Yeah, that's I, I had I had it for years and years and years. And um, in 2016, it got broken by accident putting into the into the dishwasher shortly after the election and i was like no fucking way i am not living through the next four years without my favorite mug and so i got online and i bought one off etsy and i bought one off ebay so now i have two of them nice nice that's pretty good i like that that's a good choice i will say uh i bought a uh, one of those sonos bookshelf speakers 
like the ikea ones yeah the ikea ones and it's in uh the bedroom and what i like about it is it's just a speaker it doesn't have any robo voices in it or anything like that i use it as our alarm clock essentially i have an automation that plays the news on it every morning i like to i play music on it sometimes i'm folding the laundry and stuff like that it's very small it's very cheap it's very easy to use it works with all my other sono stuff it has airplay like and it's 100 bucks all that for me was a great deal and i i have used it quite a bit a lesser co-host would say it's the only small cheap thing in Dan's bedroom, but I'm not that host, so I won't do it. TJ writes <laughs> a lot of straw manning this this week. Wait, TJ writes mm-hmm. again on a more fun topic of childhood. What's a very fun, wholesome, enjoyable story from your childhood, or about your kids, nephews, nieces, or kids of friends that makes you smile <laughs> slash laugh anytime you think about TJ, it? TJ, I need you to start sending these to us in advance because I don't have the homework. <laughs> He's he is sending them in advance. I, yeah, that's Alex forward them. Advance. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't right. read them in advance. I discover them with you. I don't know. A very wholesome, enjoyable story from my childhood or about my kids. Okay, I got one. All right. Uh, Lex will enjoy this because like I am not as talented as Lex is at magic, but I used to perform magic shows when I was younger. I would do them at like my neighbor's kids' birthday parties and stuff when I was like twelve and the kids were like four. And performing magic for four year olds is pretty much the most gratifying thing because <laughs> they're dumb <laughs> so you can screw up a lot no i mean they're they're impressed it's by true. everything and they don't catch when you make mistakes and as a 12 year old i made a lot of freaking mistakes so when you blow a trick and you can be like all right now everybody close your eyes <laughs> like that gets you out of a lot of problems so it's very and they're very cute so i think that was uh, for me I have a lot of fond memories of doing these really terrible magic shows at uh, at other kids' birthday parties. I think I got hired to do one once, and I was maybe more like 13 or 14. I got paid like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something to do a magic show, and that was probably the height that. of my career. For me, it's probably anytime my kids do something affectionate with each other unprompted i think the i think it was i think it was from your childhood wasn't it it said it could involve your kids was another option and so like anytime you didn't have your kids when you were anyway doesn't (laughs) like my my wife took the kids to the beach yesterday while i was working because that's how life is and i got a photo of uh, the three of them staring out at the water with their arms around each other and they just done it on their own (laughs) and i like those things like that's a very sweet moment when they can forget that it's fun to hate your siblings and just be nice to them for a few minutes i like those from my own childhood, a sweet or, or happy memory? I don't know. Come back next lifetime, I'll give you good childhood memories. <laughs> I met Weird Al when I was uh, 15 years old. It was awesome. It was oh, a highlight. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty I interviewed good. him. That's pretty um, good. And when I met I him, the first thing I said was, I had planned it. And I was like, hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic. You must be Lex Friedman. That was my icebreaker. Well, well, he left. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Very well done. I don't know. I can just think of like things like my mom took me into New York one time to there was a there was some Star Trek store in the 70s in New York. Like everything in the store was Star Trek related, even though the show was not on the air anymore, except for in syndication. Um, so it was on the air all the time. Plus it was on Paramount Plus, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was, that was nice. I mean, my mom didn't need to do that. And she decided to do it, even though it was probably a tremendous pain in the ass to <laughs> get on the train and take me to this during the the heat of like the summer in august or whenever it was Um, because i do remember it was very hot Uh, and then the other thing i remember is my dad taking took me to see the uh, ralph bakshi lord of the rings movie um which he certainly did not want to see he fell asleep (laughs) during the movie but he went to the trouble to to take me to see the movie it's not a good it's not a good version (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not a good telling of the story. Um, and, um, you know, he was right to fall asleep, frankly. Uh, but, um, but that was just a nice thing that he did for me. So. I like that. I, my yeah. dad, my dad took me to see the rock when my mom was on a business trip once in like when I was 18 or something, 17 or 18. Uh, that was definitely not his movie. <laughs> <laughs> but he took me because he was trying to like you know trying to have a father-son bonding moment we'll go to a movie that that you want to go to and i picked that movie and i yeah. in retrospect it was a bad choice <laughs> it's a great uh, movie love that movie terrible the movie. combination of your stories reminded me that my uh my mom's dad my grandfather uh after whom i'm named uh he was curtis and or he was kurt and my middle name is curtis every time they visited from new york city which was a big deal at the time i don't know even though it wasn't that far to pennsylvania uh, he would take me to mingus magic shop uh, in oh. Pennsylvania, and I loved going there. And I'd buy a trick each time. It was great. Yitz wrote in with two questions. Uh, Yitz wanted to know, first of all, what's the most interesting piece of tech news we all missed because everyone had to talk about CSAM? I think that was probably people being annoyed at how serious last week's show was. I don't know. And then <laughs> Yitz also wrote, listening to the ATP guys, listener Tracy, that's Accidental Tech Podcast, listening to the ATP guys last week derisively dismissing cryptocurrency. Is this a case of people in the 70s discounting the importance of the personal computer, or more recently, people in the early 2000s, the importance of the iPhone? I know these are bad examples, but I think you get my drift. To answer uh, no, that I question, think... we brought on special guest Lex Fridman. <laughs> <to talk Yeah. laughs> I think, um, really, at the end of the day, and this is not a popular opinion necessarily, I think cryptocurrency is bullshit. I think if you, <laughs> if you really dive into some of the deeper analysis about it and how it mirrors other attempts at currency or other creations of value in the long term they all end up being uh pyramid schemes where yes early on right. people can develop tons of wealth and then everybody who comes in later doesn't but is inspired by those stories of wealth and i'm not at all a cryptocurrency expert but i think it's bullshit that's my take yeah i'm not yeah i'm not an expert either uh that is my impression and um no further comment yeah <laughs> i will be taking no questions <laughs> i i will divvy up a couple things in there which is to say i agree with you guys on the cryptocurrency front i think some of the technology underlying it is interesting in terms of like a from a cryptography standpoint mm-hmm. uh and the possibilities that and i know everybody leverages oh it's got blockchain this is amazing right like that is a buzzword but i think that there are some fundamentally interesting technologies that go into that that said I think the the environmental impact that has been demonstrated from it yes. is horrendous, and I think I agree with you. I guys think Elon that, Musk discovered that problem. In his life, if uh, and I <laughs> think that he loved it. <laughs> uh, in addition, I agree with you guys that it feels very pyramid schemey, uh, especially because nobody. I believe we still have no idea who actually created it, and they own like a crap ton of the Bitcoin still, right? Isn't that correct? Nobody knows know. the guy. The guy who created it is I believe like, I've already said that I am not an expert on it's that. A, it's, it was created by somebody using a pseudonym. Nobody has yeah. ever figured out who that person is, and they own Johnny a Bitcoin. huge chunk of it. <laughs> so, well, now there's many, many cryptocurrencies, but it's... Yes, yeah. you're, but if you're buying yeah. Bitcoin, you're funding that some random person. So good for them, I guess, but always good to be the person on top of the pyramid. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Not so great to be at the bottom. That's why I'm waiting for the next, the next yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. We're pleased to announce Rebound Coin, by the way. Mm-hmm. Listener John Downing uh, says, My wife still uses her iPad Mini 2 happily. Every time, each time a newer model came out, she said it wasn't worth the upgrade. I think this year may be the year for a new iPad Mini in the house. Do you think an iPad Mini will be released this fall? What can Apple offer to Mini lovers out there that hasn't already been included in previous models? Help me sell this to my spouse, guys. Mini lovers, we're talking about Mickey, I assume. Uh, I, I do think that the uh, rumor mill says there will be an updated iPad Mini with a new form factor and things to be excited about, but I have no idea other than that. I mean, and by it's rumor gonna, mill, I just mean uh, well, Mark. I think it'll be new new form factor. Right? Yeah, it'll, new, look like uh, the, it'll look like the Air and the Pro, basically, right, is, is right. the word on the street. 
Yeah. I don't know. The Mini's a nice product. I think it's one of those things that gets revamped every few years. And so it'll have like the, you know, a more modern processor in it and all that. I think it'll look good. It'll probably have the touch ID on the uh, power button thing like like the Air does is my guess. Yeah, I, I think it's a good solid product, especially if you want something that's smaller than the, you yeah. know, standard uh, size iPad. There's really not a lot of options there. So yeah, probably have a bigger screen too because the edge to edge design lets them expand the screen while keeping the footprint pretty similar. All you need to do is just slide it off the counter at some point. Yeah, that's that's very easy. Yeah, the ex- the one she's got. Yeah. Do you have a cat? Do you have a child? All those things can probably come things for you. <laughs> Do you live where there are earthquakes? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And then uh, our, our old friend listener, Mahir, writes, which color MacBook Pro, Air, etc. would you get? Uh, I would Ooh. get product red. I don't care about the... I mean, I don't not care about helping <laughs> to fight AIDS, but I, it's not, I wouldn't be getting it for the good cause. I just love that fucking red. I've never owned any of the Apple devices in that color, but I love that red. So I would get a red one. Uh, probably blue or green. Those are two of my favorite colors so i think they they look they look nice i don't know i'm sad that i bought the air before they revamped the air to have colors reportedly i gotta say that i, I had that um se in red and it was really nice i'd have to look at them when they come out but because uh, usually i would go for the blue but the red's awfully awfully tempting and then so finally on the questions front uh listener chris wrote in with a, a pretty serious message um and it is long so i'm gonna read all of it because i don't know he's a paying subscriber i gotta do <laughs> gotta do the business but i'm <laughs> gonna read it fast uh, no question. Great star, Chris, by the way. No question. <laughs> there, I believe we specified there must be yeah. a question mark somewhere in your question. We don't... There is a question mark, so okay. uh, he, he satisfied. But I want right. to drop in some thoughts regarding Apple's child porn scans. I've heard your new episode and want to drop in a few points that seem to get overseen regarding the actual discussions. No question that Apple seems to be the best player on the market when it comes to privacy, but their credibility shouldn't lead to hold back valid questions. First, it has to be said that in most discussions, people talk about Microsoft, Google, and others doing cloud scans while Apple doesn't. That's not correct. Apple itself announced scans of uploaded material for illegal content during child exploitation already some years ago. Oh, including child exploitation already some years ago and seems to be doing that. Uh, he's quoting Apple now. We may also use your personal information for account and network security purposes, including in order to protect our services for the benefit of all our users and pre-screening or scanning uploaded content for potentially illegal content, including child sexual exploitation material. That's from uh, an old Apple uh, privacy page. Regarding that, one could question, why do they need additional scans on the user device too? At the moment, it's pure speculation that Apple does that to be able to install full iCloud encryption. This would be a great feature, but why don't they use this as a valid and strong argument for their changes now? Also, regarding end-to-end encryption for iCloud, you have to keep in mind that Apple never denied the Reuters sayings of being pressed by the FBI to cancel that plan. This could be seen as a confirmation. In general, this is a point weakening Apple's good stand regarding privacy. We need to keep always in mind that Apple is not allowed to talk about commitments made for government or other authorities, even if they would like to do so. For me, these points, compared to the fact that the new mechanics don't promise much progress in fighting child porn, lead to wish an iPhone that doesn't have black box AI sniffing around on it. Anyways, keep up the good work. All right, I have to correct some stuff that Chris said, because Chris also made some errors in his question. First of all, the last bit about a black box AI. It's not an AI. It's literally a thing that matches patterns. (laughs) It matches two hashes. It's not scanning your photos for match anything based on machine learning in that case so let's be clear about that second the saying that apple never denied uh, being pressed by the fbi to cancel the plans this could be seen as a confirmation could also be seen as a denial there's literally no information there <laughs> yeah as far as scanning stuff in the that it already was a scanning stuff that seems to be the case for something i do not believe it included the icloud photo library i had i have to look and see exactly what the deal is with that but there was some some stuff that was potentially being transmitted, I think, via the, the mail drop feature in mail, potentially, um, and some other places on iCloud mail that might have been scanning stuff in transit, which is not encrypted, oftentimes. 
or at least goes through Apple servers and they can read it. So I'm not 100% sure. And I believe the numbers of, of stuff that they reported is far, far lower than what Microsoft and Google reported, thus leading to the suggestion that perhaps they were not scanning enough stuff or catching right. Well, they were stuff. just, I think the idea was that they were just scanning stuff that was done through iCloud itself. So not stuff that was necessarily just going through iCloud that you did on your phone, but people who logged onto iCloud in the browser and did it. Yeah, so... Uh... I, I think that there's there are valid questions. I agree with Chris on that point. We discussed this last week. There are lots of questions you can ask about it. I think the clarifying information they've released over the last several days reinforces the idea that they are working very hard to try and balance those privacy and effectiveness issues. I think they definitely screwed up on a PR front, and there are still valid concerns about this system overall, but it's not a simple it's not a simple issue, right? It's it's a complex issue. I know we all went through our stands, and we're not going to rehash all of that this week. Uh, but, you know, I think Apple felt like they could do more, and they wanted to do more in a way that preserves privacy, because they do believe in privacy. And that's not going to satisfy everybody, but that's kind of what they're shooting for. Whether you agree with it or not, that's up to you. Yeah, well, I'm glad yeah. we solved that problem. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, you can talk about it more, but I'm not sure we'll no, come to any different conclusions. I think you nailed it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think you're both toolbars, and that's the end of my list. <laughs> was that a I listener question, or <laughs> I don't know? Oh, if you... There was one more thing. Yeah, please. Apple uh, said that they are delaying the inclusion of SharePlay. Yep. In the FaceTime launch when oh. iOS 15 comes out, so yeah, they're holding it for when you, they open uh, source. Apparently, it's apparently it does not work very well yet. <laughs> well, yeah. So some of the question was had it. Well, I mean, they never said that it would. Be, this is the thing. Apple never said when stuff would get released, right? And they almost always pull back on some feature. So you can yeah. you can make an argument about whether or not it was delayed. It seems clear that I think they I would have bet on this ahead of time just because they wanted to get they they touted all those partners that they were working with mm-hmm. like Disney Plus and I can't remember who else HBO Max I think and they want all those things to ship to be ready right to go right yeah. and they're not going to be right. ready and people are going to be like what is this feature that I can't use with anything except Apple TV Plus basically yeah right or P- so, or PCL doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise yeah. <laughs> doesn't surprise me that they're holding on to it for later in the fall or perhaps even later than that it's an interesting feature i'm not sure that it's going to work out as well as they hope but i yeah. welcome them giving it a shot right I, just, I think i wouldn't think to use it except for like for the sake of using it if that makes sense like well when you and i record podcasts right. it's like, actually kind of perfect for this <laughs> for it but like i would just you know I, i'm not gonna limit myself to movies that are streaming on services that they support sure so it's like yeah, yeah. It'd, be, yeah. it'd be like it'd be an afterthought yeah. but good for them good for them no I guess. problem delaying it i support you apple yeah i mean well they must be getting close to locking the betas down because it's only probably about a month before uh, iOS 15 ships and right. the new iPhones come out. There were some rumors about new iPhone capabilities. Both uh, Mark Gurman and I think some other rumor sites were reporting some stuff obvious, like a new processor. There was uh, Mark Gurman had some stuff about like a, um, like a video version of portrait mode, basically, called cinematic video. That is supposedly one of the marquee features. I'll say, you know, th- I can't remember what that app was even called. Maybe one of you will know. But there was an app that got a little bit popular during Camo, maybe? Yeah, Camo. Reincubates mm-hmm. Camo during oh, the yeah. Right, yeah. pandemic. Using it as your webcam, yeah. And using your phone as your webcam. And they did that with video just in software. I, I don't know if the software happened on the Mac side or on the phone side. I think it's probably on the Mac side. But, like, it worked great. It looked great. So I'm sure Apple can do it. And I think it actually is very cool. It's got limited use. And Lex, you'll be delighted to know that uh, larger batteries are one of the things that has been rumored a lot with the new iPhone 13. So I am delighted to know that, Dan. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you things that will delight you. 
Bring in the it's, delight. It's working. Also possible smaller notch uh, promotion finally making it to the iPhone, which is one of those like people keep predicting that every year and it never happens. But this year, maybe <laughs> this time, maybe. Dan's very, very curious about that. They're, yeah, I'm extremely <laughs> curious. And uh, John will, and incredibly close. John will be glad that uh, there's still a smaller phone this year. So, you know, he has to buy a new one. <laughs> I, I don't make the rules, John. You have to buy a new one. Back where we started. <sighs> Me sign. Full circle. I don't know how to spell that as a title suggestion. Brackets heavy side. <laughs>